Good morning, Novation family. It's good to be in your living room or car or wherever you're at, uh, listening or watching to this morning's service. I wish we could be in person. I can't wait to be in person together, but waiting patiently for Jesus to work work this out. And um, this is the you know opportunity for us to continue to grow in Him. Um, if I haven't met you, and you might have stumbled across uh, our website or whatever this morning, my name is Scott. I have the privilege of pastoring and, and, and uh, leading and, and teaching for Novation. And um, it's good to meet you if I haven't. Can't wait to meet you in person. I was thinking about a time years ago where I accidentally forgot my PIN number for my ATM card. And I kept putting in the wrong card. And after you do that three or four times, they just take your card and you get no access to your money. And I remember being really, really frustrated. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking life is frustrating for us all when we don't know what we have access to in the person of Jesus Christ. We have everything we need for life and godliness because of him. We have access to God because of Him. We have every spiritual blessing because of Him. Where do I get that from? The book of Ephesians. We're studying the letter of Paul to the Ephesians um, over the next several weeks. We started last week. And it it is a book that shows us how we're rooted in Christ as a tree needs a strong root system We have a strong root system because of Christ. We have everything we need. We just need to to realize it, understand it, and begin to live in in being rooted in Him and understanding all that we have because of Him. So last week we talked about being rooted in Jesus. The first 14 verses of chapter 1 is just Paul telling the church at Ephesus about who they were because of Jesus. And I was encouraged putting that together. And I appreciate some of the comments that some of you gave that that ministered to you because we need to know that truth. And so Paul finishes that part in verse 14 of chapter one. And then in verse 15, he begins to pray for them. It's a beautiful transition. And his prayer is a roadmap for us to pray. So today we're going to talk about being rooted in prayer, how to stay rooted in prayer. For some, Prayer can be kind of a, maybe a frustrating thing because you feel like it's a chore. You're not sure what to pray. Maybe it's a guilt trip. You don't pray enough, whatever it is. And I think if you'll hang in with me today, God has a word for you to learn how to pray. You might be saying, I don't know how to pray. So this is perfect for anyone that's a beginner at this. And I think it's going to encourage those of you who already have a a vibrant prayer life. Here's what Paul says. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So how do we stay rooted in prayer from what we just read? How do we stay and and develop a deeper prayer life? The first thing I would tell you is we need to know who we're praying to. When When we talk to God, when we pray, we don't want to be like Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, when his car was on fire. And he was like, help me, Jesus, help me, Buddha, help me, Tom Cruise. Any type of thing, whatever it was, he had no idea who he was praying to. We don't want to be like that. We need to know who we're praying to. We're praying, as Paul said, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father. Sometimes people have a a shallow prayer life, I think, because they don't understand who they're talking to. Therefore, prayer doesn't make sense. And yet, when you begin to understand God's disposition and demeanor towards you, that He loves you, and that He wants a relationship with you, and He cares for you, when you understand that, and you understand who you're praying to, that changes everything. Sometimes I think we, it's easy to treat God like a genie, give him our wishes, and we hope that it's going to work out. Or we have this idea that he's a grumpy grandpa in the sky, and he's, we're just a, a pain in his backside or something. None of those are true. Here's who we're praying to when we say we're praying to God. We're praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 6 Moses has his burning bush encounter with God, where God calls Moses to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. And Moses is like, well, when I go tell my people, like, who has sent me, who is, who is behind this, who should I say? Like, what God, what, what, what God is doing, doing this? And he said, God said, tell him, I am who I am. <laughs> and that's like, like, if we could really understand the Hebrew of that, it's, it's the all-sufficient God, Yahweh, the one who was and is and is to come. You know, it's power in that name. And then we're praying also to the only God, the only true God. Isaiah 43, 44, and 45, all talk about where, where God says, I am the only God. There is no other. There is no God beside me. He's sovereign. Made me think of that great theologian, Captain America, when Loki tells him that he's, he, Loki says, I am a God. And Captain America says, there's only one God, sir, and he doesn't dress like you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like you. I love that line. And then we're praying, when we pray to God, we're praying to the Creator. 
of all things. We're praying to the Redeemer of all things, the one who redeems us from our past, our guilt, our shame. And we're praying to the Sustainer of all things, the one who holds all things together. Listen, when we're talking about God, we're talking about God is all-sufficient. God is all-powerful. He is all-loving. God is everywhere. Like There's nowhere we could go and not be with God. He's all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything about you and I. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's outside of time and space. He's vast. But the beauty of it is our vast God is also an intimate God and desires that for each one of us. A.W. Tozer, a great Christian author, he said, What comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I love that statement because I can see the truth in that. Like having a right understanding of God is a game changer. Because if I don't understand God, then I definitely am not going to understand myself. If I'm not going to see God rightly, I'm not going to see myself and others. And, and all of that together will be, you know, out of focus, out of understanding. And so what is God like? People ask me this all the time. What is God like? How do you know what God is like? We know what God is like through Jesus. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The life of Jesus as portrayed in the Gospels is what God is like. It is the very nature of God. Like Father, like Son, He is the splitting image of His Father. He is the full expression of God. He's the face of God. Jesus is what God is like. And when you think of Jesus, I think of that statement in the Old Testament that they said over and over about God. Um, because I don't think until Jesus comes on the scene, we had a right understanding of God. We had some revelation about God, but not a perfect revelation. He is the perfect revelation of God, right? John 1 says that um, no one has ever seen God, but God the Son has made him known. That statement in the Old Testament I was alluding to says that the Lord is gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger, and he's rich in love. That sounds like Jesus to me. When we think of praying to God the Father, like some of you, you may have had a bad experience with your earthly father figure or had no father figure. Um, and I'm sorry for that. Um, I was blessed to have, to have a great father figure and a good expression of, of what God is like. But not everybody has that, and I, I acknowledge that. But Jesus, he is the full reflection of the Father, and he has shown us what the fa how the Father feel feels about us and that he loves us. When my kids were little, they would come to me and they would say, Dada hold you, like they'd hold their hands up, Dada hold you. And uh, what that meant was, will you hold me? But it was adorable, and I still say it to them. But I would grab them and I would tuck them in right here and hold them tightly and let them feel loved and secure. And, and um, as I was thinking through this, when you come to the Father in prayer, think of it like that. 
the five, my kids are too big for me to pick up now. They're, they're adults, but man, if me being a sinful, imperfect father have that feeling toward my kids, know that your heavenly father, when you come to him and just, God, hold me. God, I give you my life. God, you know, I just want to be with you. Man, he's, he is moved and blessed by that. The second thing about how to stay rooted in prayer is we need to know what God wants us to pray for. We need to know what does he want us to pray for. I think we often don't pray because we don't really have a sense of direction on how to pray or what to pray for. But Paul gave us the answer right here. He says, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Prayer is laying the needs, our needs and the needs of others before God, but let's don't limit it to that. Prayer is, is communication to God. It's, it's growing closer to God that we may know him better. It's a relationship, right? Any relationship that has any depth takes time and it takes talking because talking always leads to intimacy, deep talk, opening your heart up and, and laying your heart before God and, and communicating with him, learning to be led by the spirit in prayer is one of the most best parts about prayer is when you're praying and seeking God and you're not, you, you stop doing all the talking and you try to listen for God's promptings. Now, God doesn't speak audibly to me. He never has. But I've learned in over 27 years of, of following Jesus when he's prompting something. And that happens when we communicate to him and then we stop and listen and then we respond. We respond to what he tells us to do. Cool example of this just happened um, to, to Kelly Steele, who is a member of, of Novation Church, part of the Novation Nation family from day one. And um, her, she met with our outreach uh, director, Seth and Danielle Woodyard, lead that. And they were praying about opportunities to to do good things in the community locally. And she felt out of prayer that it would be a, a prompting to do something for some of our nursing home or assisted living places close by. And I, ironically, never irony with God, but you know, I had just gotten an email from this place called the Oberon House where they were, uh, they were reaching out for some sort of you know, Bible studies and things to happen for their people. And so Kelly had coordinated this whole idea that we, you, Novation, were all going to be part of to bring Easter baskets and some love to the people that are, that are you know, in that assisted living place. And uh, then COVID happened. So Kelly went ahead and made all the Easter baskets. Here, here's a couple pictures of what the Easter baskets look like and a card that was in there from each one of them. And the baskets had like a little uh, candy and scripture and just uh, an encouragement. And she responded to God through her prayer, God, how can you use me? And he said, this is what I want you to do. She responded. 
And then this note just came this past week from one of the residents over at the Oberon house, where this, this man said, thank you for bringing a ray of sunshine into an otherwise pretty drab day. That's awesome. Bringing some love into somebody's life was a result of, of prayer, was a result of, of praying and listening and responding. The disciples asked Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. And Jesus starts the Lord's prayer with this. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he said he wanted us to pray. Pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now we know in heaven, God's will is always done because there's no sin in heaven. Now to pray for God's will on, on earth to be accomplished is also an understanding that sometimes his revealed will isn't done. Um, we know that God's will is that we love him, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love people, love our neighbors as ourselves. That's not always done. We fail to, to love God and I fail to, to love people the way I'm supposed to. That's, you know, the will of God not being done. And so how do we pray about this? Pray, Father, your will be done. Is God, align my will to your will. God, take my will and align it to yours. Pray for others to align their will to God. In, we read in, in the, the creation story that in the garden, God told Adam and Eve that they were free to eat of any tree that was in the garden other than that one tree called the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't, don't eat from that. If you do, you know, you'll die. And we read in the very last chapter of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, that in the new heavens and the new earth, that there is a, a, the tree of life. And the tree of life represents when you eat of the tree of life, it is believing that God knows best, that God, His will is always best. And when you're eating from the tree of life, it's God, let your will be done in my life. God, I want to follow you. I want to do what you say to do because I know you love me. And I know the kind of life you want for me. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve ate from, and we eat from all the time, that tree of the knowledge of the good and evil is thinking we know better than God. It's thinking, it's being in charge of your own life. It's I know what's best. And, and you make choices outside of the will of God. The tree of life is being, and eating from that is being aligned to the will of God. Jesus is the perfect example of someone who always was in line with the Father in doing His will. His whole life was marked with being led by the Father and doing the will of the Father. Jesus, uh, in His humanity, eating from the tree of life by doing the will of the Father. And God wants that for you and I. So what is His will? Well, His will is that we would know Him better through spiritual growth and transformation. We would know him. That's what Paul is saying here. 
that we'd learn how to eat from the tree of life rather than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that we would become like Jesus. Romans 8, 29 and 30 say, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. God's will for us is that we become like Jesus in how we think, act, and speak. That we follow the, the, the life that was, is perfectly marked by, by love and joy and peace, patience, truth. That we walk with him and that we become like him. So pray for that. In your prayers, God, would you conform my heart and my mind to be like your son? God, and pray that over your, your family, pray that over your loved ones, pray that over the church or the community, that we would, we would become more and more like Jesus on a daily basis. And, and listen, we imperfectly follow Jesus. I imperfectly follow Jesus. And I'm not, I haven't arrived, none of us have. We are in a process of becoming like him. But take your will, take your desires and, and, and say, God, I want to be like your son in every way and how I think, act, and speak. I know his will is that all people hear the gospel and embrace the gospel. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance and come to him through the good news of Jesus. The good news, the gospel, is that Jesus Christ, he came and lived and he died and he rose from the grave and he conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered our shame. He conquered the devil. Like He is the victor. He, he is triumphant. His will is that we walk in love. The world will know you're my disciples, he said, if you have love for one another, if you care for one another, that we pursue peace. That's what his will is for us. The third thing to stay rooted in prayer is, is pray with your eyes open. You might be thinking, what are you talking about? Don't, aren't you supposed to close your eyes? I actually pray, pray better with my eyes open, but I don't mean it in the physical sense. I mean it in with your spiritual eyes, getting spiritual vision. Because Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and has his incomparably great power for us who believe. Just recently, back in the, the fall, I had eye surgery. And, you know, what ended up happening is I found out that I had a, a cataract in my left eye a couple years ago and a small one in my right eye. I know I'm too young to have a cataract. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but thank you. Um, but the eye doctor told me, he said, when they get so bad, they'll, re they'll, they'll remove the cataract, and then they'll put a new lens in your eye and you won't ever have to wear glasses again. And I've been dependent on 
glasses, you know, to see far off since I was a teenager. And so I went and they ended up, it got bad enough where they scheduled a surgery for me. And I, I went and it was a little 10 minute procedure, but they went in, they took out the cataract and they took out my God given lens and they put in a new lens in each eye. And it's called a multifocal lens. So I don't need glasses. I have 2020 vision. I don't need glasses for far off, up close, or everything in between. And after that surgery happened, because my eyes were bad, they were really bugging me. After that surgery, it was like, boom, wow. I mean, instantaneously, you know, over the course of a couple of days, it got even better. But I remember Janelle, my wife, driving me home, and I was like, that's what the color yellow actually looks like. And, and I can see, you know, license plates and street signs without glasses. I could see. It was, it was amazing. God wants that to happen to us. He wants us to see clearly as we pray that we would see, first of all, the hope of his calling. That we would see the hope of his calling. That calling is to become like Jesus, that we will be hopeful. Hope is the confident expectation of God's faithfulness, that we have the hope of this calling, that we are becoming like Jesus and that we ultimately will be like him and how we think, act, and speak. When we use the terms discipleship, spiritual growth, or maturity, spiritual growth and maturity means moving from thinking my problems are destroying me to seeing that my problems are actually developing me. You can know you're growing spiritually when you see trials and, and difficulties in your life as opportunities for you to grow. Instead of thinking that they're destroying you, your problems are developing your faith, they're developing your endurance. Prayer is an act of dependence. It's active dependence upon God. And so when you're seeing, you know, your problems, your trials, listen, God is more interested in what's happening in you than what he's going to give you. He's going to take care of your needs. He wants you and I inwardly to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, into the likeness of his son. Then he wants us to see the riches of his glorious inheritance. What is the inheritance? Jesus, we're joint heirs with Jesus, spiritually speaking. Everything that is his is ours. He shares that with us. It's the most amazing thing to wrap your mind and spiritual eyes around is that God, Jesus is sharing all the spiritual blessings with us, with you and me. I read about a guy named William Hurst, and he was... He was a billionaire in like the 1920s era, you know, somewhere in there. And um, he loved art. He spent a lot of money on, on an art collection. And there was a few pieces in particular he wanted to add to his art collection. So he sent people throughout the world to search for these couple pieces of art that he really, really wanted. And so think of the money and time that was spent. And lo and behold, those pieces of art he already had in his warehouse. The people found them in a warehouse. He already owned them. They were already his. He was looking for something that was already his. We often 
are looking for things that we already have. We have everything we need because of Jesus. What we think we need, we really have everything because of him. Then we need our eyes to be, spiritual eyes to be able to see the power available to us as his children. He says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. We don't need willpower. We need real power. We need Holy Spirit dynamic power. And guess what? We have it. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We just need to access it. We need to believe. We need to trust. We need to remember that we have the power to do what we could never do on our own by grace given to us through the Holy Spirit. Some of you are in difficult relationships right now and you're spent emotionally. Don't forget, the same spirit that raised a dead man lives inside of you. Some of you are experiencing great discouragement. Listen, you have the power of God resting upon you to overcome physically, spiritually, emotionally, all the things that are coming at you right now. And you're loved by a God who loves you deeply and infinitely. And then the last way to stay rooted in prayer is kind of funny because it's the first verse that Paul said. To stay rooted in prayer, keep asking. Paul started this prayer out with, I keep asking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to keep asking. I think that echoes Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount when he, when he was teaching about prayer, he said, ask. He said, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. God doesn't find fault in us for asking and seeking and knocking and bringing all of our prayers and petitions before him. He never gets tired of that. And then Paul told us to pray continually, like, like pray without ceasing. And The prayer, again, developing a a rooted prayer life is remembering that prayer is not just a checklist of who and what to pray for. It's an acknowledgement of God's presence. It's thinking about God, talking about God, and, and acknowledging God. And so keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Prayer that like that keeps us connected and rooted and dependent upon God. And you know, when you pray and you ask God about things, the answer is going to be yes. It might be no. And we never like it when it's no, if it's something we had our heart set on. But we can trust if God doesn't answer our prayers the way we wish he would, that he has something better. Like if you pray about something and it doesn't happen or it goes into a different direction, trust me. He's got a plan on the other side of your desires and his desires are better ultimately than than yours. And he's going to give you something even better. Sometimes when you pray, it's radio silence. And that might mean just not now. Keep seeking me, but maybe the timing isn't right. I know many of you that that are watching, you've had experiences where 
God was just right on time and you were struggling to, is God going to answer our prayers? How's this all going to work out? And then just right on time, boom, God, you know, orchestrates situations. That's prayer is so much easier when you realize that God knows the beginning from the end, that he's sovereign and he's working all things together for your good and for his glory. And you got to trust him in the middle of that, that he's always got a, a greater plan. And then when you, when you keep asking, remember, it's the creator-creation relationship. It's the child to the father. We're children of God. And he likes it when his children come and, and talk to him and bring everything to him. He's not afraid of your big questions. Keep asking him questions that you may have. And, and in his timing, he's going to answer those things for you. So I want to wrap this up with um, just something practical that I think you can do to grow your spiritual roots um, a little bit deeper. Taking the other prayers of Paul, there are many in, in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, there's directions for how to pray. And I want to encourage you today together, you know, husband and wife, family, whatever, pray these prayers of Paul over your life. And don't pray them just as he wrote them. Personalize it. Personalize it for you. Personalize it for who you're praying these, these prayers over. And watch God deepen your roots and help you stay connected in prayer. And then there's also a link to a series that we did on prayer a couple years ago, 40 Days of Prayer. If you'd like to know more about how to pray, um, it's a good resource for you to, to listen and, and, and go through that. So let's close with a word of prayer. God, we want to know you better. We want to glorify you with our lives. We want to have our faith roots go deeper. I pray that you would continue to teach us how to pray, that we would just step out in faith and trust you and give you all of our requests, give you all of our life. And Lord, if anybody listening to this hasn't entered into a relationship with you through Jesus, may they at this moment just invite you, Lord Jesus, into their life to become your follower, to set out to live the kind of life that you have for them. God, help them to turn away from, from you know, selfish living and, and, and living that's outside of your will into a life that's aligned with your will, the kind of life that you have for us, Lord. We thank you that you love us. You know what's best. We trust you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Stay connected. Have a great week.